Today is Thursday, June 30th, 2022, and today we are going to be exposing all of the lies of the January 6th committee. Joe Biden also says he supports ending the filibuster to codify Roe v. Wade, even though Republicans are beginning to gain on the generic ballot after the overturn of Roe and Florida Supreme Court grants Ron DeSantis a request to investigate sanctuary cities. Ladies and gentlemen, it's heating up. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Starting today, private conversations and breaking news with former Trump White House aides and former workers for the Trump campaign are beginning to unravel the fraudulent, fake, perjurous testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchison. Now, this is our second day talking about Cassidy Hutchison, who's 25, a 25-year-old staffer, an aide to Mark Meadows. Let's dig into Cassidy Hutchison's background here. She was an intern, and then she went on to work in low-level positions at the White House. I think that she, like many in Washington, D.C., has such a Aaron Sorkin-like opinion of herself, she really, it's just typical Washington, petulant, narcissistic, bloated, bloviating, arrogant pricks are attracted to Washington, D.C. because they are power-gobbling, hungry, narcissistic, black hole individuals. And what happens is these petulant kids making Hourly wages on Capitol Hill, these interns have such smugness and such arrogance that they begin to act as though they're running the world. That is the threat of Donald Trump. That is the threat of our populist movement. They're not running the world, and it really hurts their psyche when they learn this, when they start to have their world crumble around them and power begins to be taken away from them and their little badges don't work anymore. And people start telling them they're irrelevant pricks with no actual real world experience. And there's an entire giant world out there that doesn't care who they are or who they work for or what their title is. You've seen these government little cards. You get handed these little government cards when you're in D.C. with titles so long they don't even fit on the card. Super undersecretary to the former secretary of nuclear waste disposal at the Department of Energy subsidiary in Texas and in the Cayman Islands. That's what a car, that's what a title will be. And people will be so happy. They'll be so proud of that, right? To have their, to have their little name emblazoned on those cards. These people, they don't live in the real world. They live inside of a fake capital city just like in Hunger Games, where their pretension and their smugness and their narcissism just oozes out of them. And Cassie Hutchison is endemic of this system, a system that is wholly controlled and operated culturally by the left. And the left understands the power of culture. And so if the left is completely taken over Washington, D.C., they know that they can take someone like Cassie Hutchison, who is just your classic liberal fetishizing uh, DC lefty blue wants to impress her friends, her beach friends, right? As was made popular by Christine Blasey Ford. Now we have a new Christine Blasey Ford who has new beach friends, but they're all liberal. They're all MSNBC consumers. They all read the New York times every day. They all read the Washington post. They subscribe to CNN plus <laughs> and they all come from the same hermetically sealed alternative universe created by the left. That's how you get a 25 year old like Cassidy Hutchison who has no accomplishments, no skills, paper thin resume 
thinking that she can that she is in charge of the White House. And then she gets convinced that all she needs to do to become a hero of the clapping, moronic, drooling lefty seals with Ukraine flags and their bios on Twitter is to start to lie and begin to lie and then continue to lie on national television about somebody who is orange Hitler, right? Or as we found out yesterday, orange Hulk. That's right. Donald Trump is actually orange Hulk. Donald Trump has superhuman powers who can reach directly through the walls of steel reinforced secret service vehicles and fight off trained secret service agents at the peak of their career, muscle muscle strapped men who are able to fight off anyone. Donald Trump, diet Coke fueled Donald Trump, McDonald's fueled Donald Trump can punch through the door and can commandeer the vehicles. This is one of Cassidy Hutchinson's <laughs> tales from the White House, as we covered yesterday. And we owe her an apology, by the way. We owe her an apology. My producer is telling me, got my producer in my ear, telling me that actually Cassidy Hutchinson has provided the receipts. She's provided further evidence. I can't believe this is real. Breaking right now, further evidence that Donald Trump did indeed commandeer an armed Secret Service vehicle and drive it toward the Capitol on January 6th. She has given us exclusive footage from inside of the vehicle. Liz Cheney has just released this January 6th commission. Please, Sam, do we have the clip ready? Let's play it for the viewers. We're just having too much fun with this story. If it wasn't so damn serious, where do these people go, by the way? I do have a question. Where do they send Christine Blasey Ford and Amber Heard and Cassidy Hutchison's and Jesse Smollett's? Where do they send them? They all have the same breathy, like somber. And this was the moment when democracy died in dankness. They all have this like breathy, this was where my beach friends told me I couldn't fly anymore and I needed to have two doors on my house. Remember Christine Blasey Ford said she needed two doors on her house because of Brent Kavanaugh and he was boofing and his drinking beer. Yeah, well, let me tell you. (laughs) Roe v. Wade's now overturned. That didn't work out great for you, did it, Blasey? Now we have our new... Our new Cassidy Blasey Ford, her name is Cassidy Hutchison, and she is a liar, just like the rest of them are liars. And we now know this because of private conversations that we have had. Ladies and gentlemen, I know many people who worked in the Trump White House. I know many people who worked for the Trump campaign. I know a lot of people who are very, very close with Donald Trump right now, and we ourselves have sat for interviews with Donald Trump, interviewed him one-on-one a couple times. We're fans of the former president, and we are proud of that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you without any doubt that what is happening right now is a perjury to the United States Congress that is manufactured by the Democrat Party. And in our open today, we are going to prove it. 
We're currently in the month of June 2022. June 6th, 1944 was the infamous D-Day landing, something that changed the history of the world. Do you know that not since that landing has the S&P 500 had a worse start to their year? Not since World War II have stocks been hammered so hard in this nation. We were at global war before we had such a plunge in the stock market. Amazon down 37%, Tesla down 40%, and crypto just decimated. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen, to start thinking about protecting what you own, what you have earned. And my recommendation is to consider precious metals. And the only company to do that with is Birch Gold. They're the only people that I trust. They can help you convert your IRA or 401k into a gold and silver backed IRA and 401k. A precious metal is something that has retained its value for all time. So it doesn't matter if it's world wars or if it's Joe Biden as president, this is a commodity that retains its value. I recommend Birch Gold because my family personally uses them to help diversify our finances. And I could not be happier with the service we received. Text Benny to 989898 to get a free zero obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax sheltered account. Ladies and gentlemen, make your finances Joe Biden proof. Text Benny to 989898 and go gold. I have set about finding the lies inside of Cassie Hutchinson's testimony yesterday. Verifiable lies. And I want to begin today by talking about a man named Pat Ciplioni. Pat Ciplioni, because this is the most recent of Cassidy Hutchinson's lies. Pat Ciplioni was an Amer is an American attorney who served as White House counsel for President Donald Trump. President Donald Trump had two White House counsels. Pat Ciplioni is very accomplished. Pat Ciplioni went to the Ivy, graduated from the Ivy Leagues and got his JD from the University of Chicago. Very successful lawyer, very successful attorney. Pat Ciplioni, inarguably one of the top aides inside of the White House, perhaps during the and after the election in 2020, maybe the top aide in the White House was really running a lot of things. Pat Ciplioni, a deeply important man. Cassidy Hutchison says in her testimony, sworn testimony, you see her on your screen right now, swearing an oath that Pat Ciplioni, the chief White House counsel, can't really get higher than that. This is the lawyer in charge of making sure the president stays out of jail. That Pat Ciplioni walked into her office and had a nice little chat with her about what was going on that day. They were talking about the day and January 6th, and Pat Ciplioni was essentially confiding in Cassidy Hutchison all of the dark truths of the Trump White House and all of the legal precedent that was being set that day and the dangers legally that may befall sweet dear orange hulk who had who who was back at the white house dripping in sweat from fighting off seven secret service agents as he drove the beast directly into the u.s capitol and not just that but melania was wearing a bikini and donald trump raised above his head at the capitol a chainsaw soaked 
ladies and gentlemen, soaked in the sweet, sweet Bud Light fountain that now had been activated in front of the Capitol as an eagle alighted upon his shoulder, according to Cassidy Hutchison. Okay, <laughs> some of those things she didn't say. But she said Pat Cipollone was weeping and crying and talking to her about all the legal precedent that was occurring that day. Only problem here, according to multiple White House sources that we contacted, that I personally spoke with, multiple people who know Pat Cipollone and know about his whereabouts on this day, they said that he wasn't actually at the White House. They said that the White House counsel was off doing other important business and wasn't even physically there to speak with Cassidy Hutchinson. Now, this is just another one of the many verifiable, empirical, provable, demonstrable lies that Cassidy Hutchinson has told. So let us begin. Let us begin in our long soliloquy here of lies from this witness that are thoroughly imploding and discrediting as though they could or needed to be discredited further the January 6th committee. And it is a sham committee because it was not rightly constituted. It does not have subpoena power. It does not have representation. It's not following due process. It's utterly unconstitutional. It doesn't have representation from Republicans. They wanted to put Jim Banks and Jim Jordan on it. Every single committee must have members from the opposite side. Nancy Pelosi put her own hand-selected members on. Kevin McCarthy got told to go get bent. So again, this co this committee is has no constitutional power. This committee is not rightly formatted or constituted. It is, by its very nature, a sham committee. People should not take it seriously, but it's only be ta being taken seriously because of a corrupt Biden Justice Department that is playing ball with them. We'll see what the reckoning brings when GOP takes over Congress. And I think that the first reckoning should be Cassidy Hutchison perjuring herself, lying under oath, and allowing for herself to be prosecuted for perjury before Congress. Let us begin to denote the lies of Cassidy Hutchison. Lie number one. This one is so easy. Eric Hirschman, Eric Hirschman, a member of the president's legal advisory team, Eric Hirschman, is a lawyer for Donald Trump. He took copious notes, and Eric Hirschman presented his notes to the January 6th committee. Now, Cassidy Hutchinson had said that she took notes from Donald Trump that day in order to dispel the rioters from the Capitol, in order to buttress and fortify her testimony before the committee. She wanted to allude to the fabrication that she was sitting there being a stenographer for Donald Trump, therefore adding to her credibility. Only problem is that the note upon which she said she wrote is actually Eric Hirschman's note. She didn't write it. It's Eric Hirschman's obvious handwriting, and Eric Hirschman is the one who submitted it for evidence. Please watch Cassidy Hutchinson's lie number one. Hutchinson, could you look at the exhibit that we're showing on the screen now? Have you seen this note before? That's a note that I wrote at the direction of the Chief of Staff on January 6th, likely around 3 o'clock. 
and it's written on a chief of staff note card, but that's your handwriting, Ms. Hutchinson? That's my handwriting. And why did you write this note? The chief of staff was in a meeting with Eric Hirschman, potentially Mr. Philbin, and they had rushed out of the office fairly quickly. Mark had handed me the note card with one of his pens and started dictating a statement for the president to potentially put out. And no, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Uh, there are two phrases on there, one illegal and then one without proper authority. Okay, so here's Eric Hirschman's response to that. Sources familiar with the matter say that Hirschman had previously told the committee that he had penned the note. The handwritten note that Cassidy Hutchison testified was written by her was in fact written by Eric Hirschman on January 6, 2021. A spokesman for Hirschman told ABC News Tuesday evening. All sources with direct knowledge and law enforcement have and will confirm that this was written by Hirschman, the spokesperson said. In response to Hirschman's claim, a spokesperson for the January 6th committee said, the committee has done its diligence on this and has found Ms. Hutchison's account of this matter credible. Stop for the moment there, because this is going to be a recurring theme. The recurring theme is that the January 6th committee is a Soviet-style Politburo whose conclusion has already been reached before the committee was even assembled. There were vicious, seething, blood in the eyes, froth in the mouth, Donald Trump haters. These people are people who've had their careers destroyed by Donald Trump, who've had their party destroyed by Donald Trump, who has had their political power threatened by Donald Trump, which is the greatest greatest sin in Washington, D.C. Remember this last month when Elon Musk announced that he would be turning Twitter into a free speech company and that speech would be legal on the platform once more? Remember the demon screams from the left as they writhed and ripped their garments because there would be a place where conservatives might speak freely? Well, that's because the left knows that censorship and destroying conservative thoughts and ripping conservative websites down from the internet is one of their most powerful tools. It always is for the communist. That's why we host BennyJohnson.com and this show through RightForge. RightForge is the only internet server company that allows for free speech and will protect American virtues like freedom of association and thought. RightForge is the internet server company that protects the American internet and they are building their new internet right now. I totally recommend that you take your company and your products online over to RightForge at RightForge.com. RightForge.com, the real American internet. These people decided that Donald Trump was guilty, no matter what the charges, no matter what was brought against Trump, no matter what the evidence shows, Donald Trump is guilty. He will always be guilty, 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 guilty. This is how Soviet Politburo's worked. This is how Soviet show trials worked. The conclusion was already decided, and the trial was merely to give the impression of a process. The trial was a farce. It is created to give the impression of process and justice, where there is absolutely no justice. There was simply the premeditated, pre-judicious decisions of those involved 
to come to a preconceived conclusion. That is what the January 6th commission is. Liz Cheney hates Donald Trump. Adam Kinzinger had his career destroyed by Donald Trump. Liz Cheney is going to lose in a primary next month to a Donald Trump endorsed candidate and a Kevin McCarthy endorsed candidate. Liz Cheney lost her very high and lofty position inside of the House GOP because of Donald Trump. These are bitter, seething, angry people who do not care about law. They do not care about perjury. They do not care that this, if this were a court of law, they would probably be disbarred or potentially face criminal liability for the mishandling of evidence and the presentation of evidence that they know is fa false, fabricated, fake, and the outright ignoring of other evidence. But of course, this isn't a court of law. This is a show trial. And it's being put on, and it's being orchestrated by people who wish to destroy Donald Trump. They want to put him in jail. The goal is to put Donald Trump in prison. The goal is to refer. Now, Congress can't do that. If Congress does not have legal authority or law enforcement authority, Congress can refer their findings to the DOJ, and the DOJ is going to have to decide whether these findings are strong enough to put Donald Trump in jail, to file charges against Donald Trump. Now, what charges would they possibly bring against Trump? I mean, there's no case for any charges right now. The goal is to slander Trump so hard and to create such a din around the president on this date, January 6th, that the DOJ will have enough moral push from the American people to supplant the outrage that they would face for charging a former president with thin gruel, thin beer like this. And so that is the purpose of the January 6th committee. What you're seeing is that the January 6th committee, and this is going to be a trend, is going to outright ignore the facts and outright obfuscate witnesses, principal witnesses, who will prove that these are lies that Cassie Hutchison is telling. So here you have a spokesperson for the January 6th committee saying, we don't care. We don't care that she's fabricating stories in order to make her testimony stronger. We don't care. While we understand that she and Mr. Hirschman may have differing recollections of who wrote the note, it's ultimately important that both White House officials believe the president should have immediately instructed his supporter to leave the cabinet vote. Hold up. The question at hand is who wrote this piece of evidence? Because one person is saying that there is a long list of individuals who know that I wrote this note, including law enforcement agents. One person is saying, I wrote the note. I wrote the note. I'm very close to Donald Trump. My beach friends told me to write the note. She's doing it for political and personal gain. She's doing it for some warped vision of herself inside of this leftist echo chamber of clapping, drooling Ukraine flag bio seals with signs in front of their house that says hate has no home here. Because <laughs> these are the same people that would attack you if you said you were pro-life right outside of their house. The, I, who knows why Cassidy Hutchinson is doing this? A deep moral sadness? A personal... Emptiness? Nobody knows. But we do know that she's lying, and we do know that the January 6th committee doesn't care. Next lie. Next lie. Lie number two. Pat Cipollone. We led with the show 
that lie. Here's the clip of her lying. On January 6th. On January 3rd, Mr. Cipollone had approached me knowing that Mark had raised the prospect of going up to the Capitol on January 6th. Mr. Cipollone and I had a brief private conversation where he said to me, we need to make sure that this doesn't happen. This would be a legally a, a terrible idea for us. We're, we have serious legal concerns if we go up to the Capitol that day. And he then urged me to continue relaying that to Mr. Meadows because it's my understanding that Mr. Cipollone thought that Mr. Meadows was indeed pushing this along with the president. And we understand, Ms. Hutchinson, that you also spoke to Mr. Cipollone on the morning of the 6th as you were about to go to the rally on the ellipse. And Mr. Cipollone said something to you like, make sure the movement to the Capitol does not happen. Is that correct? That's correct. I saw Mr. Cipollone right before I walked out onto West Exec that morning. And Mr. Cipollone said something to the effect of, please make sure we don't go up to the Capitol, Cassidy. Keep in touch with me. We're going to get charged with every crime imaginable if we make that movement happen. So here is Cassie Hutchinson saying that she had a conversation with Pat Cipollone in the morning of January 6th. Here's the problem, is that Pat Cipollone, according to our sources, and hat tip Jack Posobiec, who originally broke this story, and we have been making phone calls and verifying this story, according to people extremely close with Pat Cipollone, and people who have worked as spokespeople for Pat Cipollone before, Pat wasn't at the White House. That's what they say. They say there's absolutely no evidence and there is provable evidence that Pat wasn't there. So what is she doing? She's fabricating this. This is boofing 2.0. This is the Devil's Triangle Kavanaugh Yearbook 2.0. It's a total and complete fabrication. Demons lie in this world and they do so for evil. And this is just, this is a lie. I mean, it's at the very least conflicting testimony. The January 6th committee has subpoenaed and spoken with Pat Cipollone. Why aren't they asking him, were you there at the White House? I think we will find out in the coming days. Lie number three, she had a conversation with Secret Service. Here is the lie. Her, I'm, I'm sure Amana told her the story. Um, but your committee interviewed them. Did you ask about this story? It is a shocking story. We, we, I mean, maybe you didn't know about it at the time. I don't know. I, I was not involved in either of those interviews. So I, I can't say, and I don't have any knowledge of that. Uh, I, I will just say, um, I'm not aware of anything that contradicts the account that she just gave. Right, but you would agree that that story would be stronger if you had corroborating evidence from the individuals who were actually in the presidential limo. Sure, and we're encouraging every material witness who has relevant evidence to come forward. But you've already interviewed. But you've already interviewed these two.
What did I tell you? We're going to be seeing today on this show that the January 6th committee does not care about the evidence. Now, we spent half the show yesterday talking about this ridiculous story that Donald Trump punched through the protective glass, the protective barrier, like MAGA Hulk, orange MAGA Hulk, and the presidential limousine, and then commandeered the limousine. That's what Cassie Hutchison testified. Now, what's interesting is that, as you saw there, a member of the January 6th committee, Jamie Ratskin, and we call him Jamie Ratskin because it looks like he has a rat skin on his head. He is such a human embarrassment. This guy has the fakest toupee, and his toupee made out of rat skin is actually probably one of the most authentic parts of his personality. Jamie Ratskin has indeed lied multiple times to the American people. This is the impeachment manager for Donald Trump. Do you wonder if this guy has an ax to grind? Hmm. This is the man who is speaking on behalf of the January 6th committee, which interviewed Tony Ornato and Robert Engel, who were the Secret Service agents with Trump that day. Now, you would think that Tony Ornato and Robert Engel would remember if Donald Trump assaulted them and grabbed their vehicle and tried to commandeer it and drive it into the Capitol. They didn't testify to that. They didn't say that happened. In fact, both these people have provided closed-door testimony to the committee. Those sessions were recorded, and the Secret Service says that those agents are available to testify under oath, and they are prepared to say that this incident did not occur. Jamie Ratskin doesn't care. Liz Cheney doesn't care. Adam Kinzinger doesn't care. You have Secret Service agents who take an oath to this country that are willing to testify against Cassidy Hutchison, and the January 6th committee are not calling them. Why? Because it's not a real committee. It's not, it's, this is not about finding facts. This is not about truth. This is about political, vindictive hunts for anything that they can get anyone to say to destroy Donald Trump, to put him in jail, to keep Donald Trump from having a political career after this. So they're not going to call in witnesses that are going to defy their star witness. They're not going to call in the Secret Service agents, Pat Cipollone. They're not going to bring in Eric Hirschman. Here you have multiple lawyers for Donald Trump, multiple law enforcement officials, and the Secret Service official account, official spokesperson saying she's a liar. She's lying to you. And the January 6th committee has no interest in hearing, not just hearing, but releasing the evidence. They're now mishandling evidence. They are now behaving criminally. So this is now the inflection point that we've gotten to. The January 6th committee is now the criminal entity because they are behaving criminally with their mishandling of information. They're allowing of perjury. They have the Secret Service agents in, they depose the Secret Service agents. They brought them in, they subpoenaed them, and they sat them down and they videotaped those subpoenas. Why not release the tapes? They no doubt asked them, did Donald Trump smash the glass and MAGA Hulk your armored vehicle to drive it into Nancy Pelosi's office? And the answer to that would have been, LOL, what the F are you talking about? 
The January 6th committee has that videotape and they refuse to release it. The Secret Service says this woman is a liar and they it just continues. They continue this narrative. It's truly demented. It's dystopian and it's dangerous, quite frankly, because the more people you have disconnected from reality, the more people that live inside that hermetically sealed alternative reality, the more disconnected Washington, D.C. is going to get. And the more you increase the chances, the more you increase the chances of there being like a break in this nation. Because people can't, you cannot function outside of reality for too long. Robespierre said, if they can make you believe absurdities, they can make you commit atrocities. And the January 6th committee is an atrocity. It is an atrocity to law and order, to justice in this nation, and to just basic fact-finding. They are behaving criminally at this point. Members of this committee should be charged criminally. Byron Donald said that they are going to do a full investigation into the January 6th committee and the members on it to find out what they obscured and what they held back from the American people. I will be the first to say, as somebody who has... A, a, a good functional relationship with Team Trump, all right? I will be the first to say that if you gave, if you slapped down on the table some like flaming hot evidence that Donald Trump was coordinating with the Proud Boys and coordinating with the Oath Keepers to storm the Capitol, to arm them and storm the Capitol, thus proving insurrection, because insur armed insurrection would mean one, that they're armed, they weren't armed, two, that they planned it, no one planned anything, except for the FBI probably, and three, that Donald Trump was in charge of it. You would have to prove all of those things, planned, armed, and insurrected. And Donald Trump would have to be on the phone coordinating with, you know, Taro, right? With, with the various leaders of these various groups. You'd have to show me those phone records. You'd have to show me those calls. You'd have to present testimony. And if you pr would present the, that testimony, then I would say, wow, damn, that boy's in trouble but he ain't in trouble because nobody has that information because it didn't happen. Nobody has that information because it didn't happen. Not only that, this committee is now withholding information that would exonerate Donald Trump by proving that these stories are lies. But Cassie Hutchinson is their star witness, their Christine Blasey Ford, their Jesse Smollett, their Amber Heard, and she's crapping the bed. She's dropping a great big herd in the middle of Congress by openly lying. Why is she doing it? Why are we allowing this to continue? Well, we shouldn't. First off, Republicans must prosecute her for perjury. Not prosecute. They must bring in evidence that she perjured herself before Congress and then refer her for prosecution to the DOJ as soon as Republicans take charge. And then they must look into what was withheld in January 6th committee. This committee will come under the guise and control of Kevin McCarthy in a few short months. And then Kevin McCarthy must go through and meticulously look through what they did to obscure these facts for the American public and to prop up this lie. And then you have to start looking at, well, criminal referrals for members of Congress. Why is Cassie Hutchison doing this? Why is this 25-year-old doing this? Well, she's starstruck by CNN. She's starstruck by MSNBC. She thinks that Twitter is real life. But also, according to Pam Bondi, and Sam, this is clip number seven, 
According to Pam Bondi, she's bitter that she didn't get a job in the post-Trump White House. And so she's turned on everyone, just like rats do. They flee the ships and move on to the next one. Rats fleeing a ship is a saying for a reason. Pam Bondi says this is what's happening right now. Unselect committee, they didn't want to hear these witnesses because they don't want the truth. And, you know, they put on this young woman in her 20s who had been unemployed for over a year. She reached out to me because she was very excited. She was moving to Palm Beach to work for the president. She loved President Trump well after the election. She loved him. She, then I, she I didn't have a get report the tonight job. that she worked for President Trump in, in the D.C. Uh, post-president office. Post-president. She reached office. out to me because yeah. she she reached out to me, Sean, because she was looking for a place to live in Florida. She was very excited. This is a young 20-something-year-old, did not have financial resources, had not been employed, and was excited about moving to Palm Beach. Then her contemporaries told the president that she could not be trusted. She was a leaker when she was in the White House, and she didn't get to go to Palm Beach. She reached out to me again, and she was very upset. I didn't understand why people would say that about her. The woman I saw yesterday on the stand was not the same woman. Now I understand. She was well rehearsed, and in a court of law, she would have been cross-examined. Were you promised something for your testimony? A job? Money? Did you receive immunity for getting on the witness stand? So much more. How do you recall every detail, every detail well, of this testimony if you, if she over worked a for year Donald later? Trump, we Pam Bondi is the former attorney general of the state of Florida. Pam Bondi is a friend. Pam Bondi is a righteous woman. Pam Bondi is asking the right questions. Pam Bondi is asking, okay, who got their claws into Cassie Hutchison? And I think we'll find out when Republicans take back Congress. We'll find out. A man who would really like to find out is Donald Trump. He did an interview with Newsmax last night, talked about Cassidy. We thought this was relevant and important to share with you, so we will do so now. The thing about this woman, she wanted to work for me after January 6th. She was a big Trump fan. She wanted to work for me in Florida, and we chose not to bring her down because I got very bad things. I hardly knew her, and I said, well, if she's no good, I got somebody called up, numerous people that she's not good. I won't say why that she's not good, but uh, plenty of reasons. Why? I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say that she was not respected by the people in the White House. So they thought she shouldn't go down. I was going down to Florida with a group of people, great group of people, mm -hmm. patriots, and her name was thrown out there and they said, keep, stay away from her. They said bad things about her. And then I see her and I, again, I hardly know who she is. And then I see this woman getting up and she's making up stories like one after another. But the craziest of all was that I tried to commandeer, I think they used that word, I tried to commandeer uh, a car with Secret Service agents telling them to take, to take us down to the Capitol. It was totally false and that a person can get away with it. And then I watch the Times and the Washington Post and I watch uh, I get reviews on MSDNC and CNN. They hardly even talk about the fact that she's been totally discredited. <laughs> MSDNC and CNN. I love that. That means our memes are making our memes. Our memes are becoming real life. It's so special.
Donald Trump loves memes, and Donald Trump loves loyal people and hates disloyal people. Sadly, there are a lot of disloyal people around Donald Trump. And our recommendation to you, Mr. President, if it is our place to do so, is please, for the love of God, do not staff your... If there is another Trump White House, we do not know personally. I wish I did. I wish I did. I do not know personally if Trump is running again. If Trump runs again, I think that he could win. I think that he will win based on what's happening in the country right now. I think he did in possibly a stronger position than 2016 even. We will see. But if you have another White House, President Trump, my suggestion is simply this. Stop staffing with the swamp. The White House was filled with Democrats. And the RNC was filled with never Trumpers. Donald Trump was handicapped and kneecapped from day one in his administration. He fought through it and got a just a bag of accomplishments in spite of these handicaps. But why handicap yourself? Why surround yourself with so many disloyal, awful, wretched creatures? They are truly creations of the permanent state, the Democrat-run alternate reality that exists in a corridor between Manhattan and Washington, D.C., and then evaporates anywhere else in the country. The rest of the country doesn't give a damn about these sham hearings, thank God. The ratings for the hearings are through the floor. The people who are producing these hearings, yes, that's right, there's a producer. By the way, this guy covered for Jeffrey Epstein from ABC News. The producers of these hearings are in a panic because there are no more key witnesses. There's no more revelations. They have failed in their fact-finding mission, and they've probably behaved criminally in their obscuring of real testimony that contradicts their pre-approved Soviet narratives. So, ladies and gentlemen, in conclusion, Cassidy Hutchinson is a liar. There are four or five demonstrable lies that she told. The January 6th committee has zero interest in bringing forth those lies and in exposing those lies. They know that the press will cover for them, Air cover is provided by CNN, Washington Post, Politico, among others, the New York Times, MS, NBC. They all know that this woman is a liar. They all know that the facts directly dispute what she has to say, and they won't report on it. But we will. And that's why we just want to say thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for viewing and watching this program. If you are watching right now, please consider subscribing. Please consider liking our page and sharing this video. It really helps us out. All right, in further news, Joe Biden says he supports ending the filibuster, codifying Roe. What a great idea. This will not boomerang back and crack you right in the nose and break it. Listen to this. Most important thing to be clear about is we have to change, I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law and the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights, it should be, we provide an exception for this, the accept, the require an exception to the filibuster for this action to deal with the Supreme Court decision. So at this point, he's just Wiley Coyote. At this point, he's just the Looney Tune. He is the uh, Looney Tune that continues to try to catch the Roadrunner with more and more extravagant and expensive and dangerous traps, uh, all the while 
exploding themselves, sitting on top of the rocket to catch the roadrunner, and the rocket blows up in your face. This is the modern-day Democrat Party. Harry Reid got rid of the filibuster for judicial nominees, and what did that give you? That gave you Kavanaugh, that gave you Gorsuch, that gave you Amy Coney Barrett. Harry Reid's the one who nuked the filibuster for judicial nominees. Harry Reid did this, and Mitch McConnell said, you will regret this, and then Mitch McConnell spent four straight years running a bulldozer over Democrats and nominating, changing the courts forever in America, swinging the courts to the right into constitutional conservatism in a way that wouldn't have been possible. And so now Joe Biden is going to do carve-outs for the filibuster, saying that Senate should change their procedure. Right now, the procedure is that as long as it is not having to do with, I believe, budgetary items or items that would be considered taxation, that the Senate can... Uh, the Senate must use the filibuster rule, which means you have to get 60 senators in on an issue, which means the issue has to cannot be partisan. It has to be very watered down to get 60 senators to agree on something. So Joe Biden is saying, let's nuke that rule and let's be able to push through whatever we want on partisan lines. The Senate is 50-50. So let's get 50 votes plus the vice president, right? If you need a tiebreaker. And let's do that in order to codify Roe in Congress. Well, that would be a deeply and horrifically bad outcome for Democrats. Because what's about to happen in nary four months is that Republicans are about to gain full control of Congress. And what then Republicans would do, and Mitch McConnell still in charge, still remembering, still stinging from the late Harry Reid's decision to do this with the judiciary, what Republicans would do is simply take that cudgel that the Democrats hand them and then use it back on the Democrats. It's wily e. Coyote all over again. It's simply more extravagant and more ridiculous ways to assert power and to catch the roadrunner that's going to blow up in the Democrats' faces. So whatever Republicans' wish list is, building of the wall, tearing, you know, building of the wall with Hunter Biden laptops, like, I don't know, what, like, what, whatever the dream wish list is for Republicans, consider that done with a new Republican Congress and presumably a guaranteed Republican president in 2024. This because of new polling out showing that Republicans still leading on the generic ballot despite the overturning of Roe. So what happened was you heard that Roe was going to be the major motivator in the election and that everyone was going to suddenly get deeply entrenched and the women and the trans movement and black Americans and Latino Americans were all going to come out in favor of baby genocide. They were all going to come out in favor of baby slaughter. But in fact, the opposite was true. Once people learned the extremism of the Democrat position, which is that no lives matter, not black lives matter, not yellow lives matter, not green lives matter, not purple lives matter, no lives matter, that you as an individual in your conception, the spark of life given to us by God, we still live in a country where 80 plus percent of the population believes that there is a powerful creator who is in charge. Democrats' opinion on that is that when God sparks life in a human being, that it is our duty to prove to that life that we have control over it and kill it or at least have the capacity to kill it. And the purpose of this is pretty simple. 
The reason that Democrats are so upset about this ruling is twofold. One, they want to play God. The Democrat Party and leftists, based on recent polling, believe in God at like a 60% rate. It has had a catastrophic turn downward. They do not believe in God. They are secular humanists. This is a secular humanist movement. That is how communists always view the world. They believe that they are God. And it is incumbent upon them to deliver utopia to you, even though that utopia often ends in mass graves. 100 million over the last century based on communists and atheists attempting to bring utopia to the rest of the world. And so here we have, ladies and gentlemen, just the most recent manifestation of that. Sex, biological biological sex leads to procreation in all mammalian species. That's the way it's always been. That's the way we were designed to be by our creator. And that's the way that the design has worked and continues to work up to this very day. Now, in 1973, what happened was secular humanists and atheists got the ruling that they desired. They prayed to their demon God and got their ruling to say that now sex can be consequence-free and we can be in charge of biology forever. The trans movement is the exact same thing. Your assigned gender at birth, the color of your skin, whether you were born at all, all of this is up to us. All of this is decided by us. This is something that could be a mistake that nature gave you the wrong gender, the wrong skin color, nature, you were born at all. This is a mistake and we have the power, the godlike power over it. It's hedonism at its very core. Hedonism. These people wish to play God and that's why they're so angry that abortion was struck down. Now, the problem for them, demographically, is that the vast majority of this country, independents and conservatives, agree that there is a God and don't agree that we are God. Because if you believe in a God, then, well, then, then you're not God. And so somebody like me and somebody like you like, believes that there's a God, and so we know that we're not in control. And that biological sex does have consequences. And that those, of those consequences, uh, birth may be one of them. The creation of another life may be one of them, as it works with all mammalian species. Your dog, your cat, your hamster. That's how it works. Have sex, you can have a baby. These last 50 years was a practice in hedonism. Well, we may have a baby, but we can, we can slaughter that baby. And we can take care of that. And then we can have consequence-free free sex, and therefore we have unchained ourselves from biology. That's where it all emanates from the unchaining of themselves from biology. The polls are showing that the vast majority of Americans agree with us that it is wrong to extinguish that which has the potential for life. A YouGov economist poll of 776 likely voters from June 25th to June 28th determined that 45% of voters would support their Republican congressional candidate as opposed to 40% for the Democrat. This is a 1% increase in YouGov's poll last week. This is an uncomfortable truth for Democrats who say that Roe v. Wade is the largest animating issue in the country. It is not. In fact, the more people learn that it is secular hedonism, shout your abortion, no longer safe, legal, rare, but shout your abortion celebrate your abortion. 
the viral photo of the lady, the, the shirt that says, I've had 20, 21 abortions. Once it became an uncomfortable moral, we all agreed that this was a moral evil and it was uncomfortable, but in some cases we were just going to look the other way. It was never right, but that's how I think the majority of Americans felt. Once Democrats decided, no, this was a good, and we were now going to force this on you and your children, this is now a moral good. Abortion is a moral good. Is a moral good. Sexual indoctrination of your children is a moral good. Then the American people say, what now? Hold on. Wait, what now? And that's where we are. We are now in a period of the Great Awakening. And the Great Awakening is people saying, what now? Wait, huh? And it is beautiful. The Florida Supreme Court grants DeSantis the ability to investigate sanctuary cities that abet human trafficking, giving him the ability to intern a grand jury and prosecute cities that are engaging in further dehumanization and demoralization of immigrant communities and just human the human species. Because this is all about humanity and your understanding of humanity. Is humanity a blot on the planet? The left thinks so. They act so. They embrace communism. Communism killed more people in the last century than any other thing. Than war, plague, famine, coronavirus. No, no. None of it holds a candle to communism. Yet they are communists because they believe in that kind of thing. They believe that human beings are a blot on the planet, are a mistake, and must be controlled and contained and caged like animals. That's what the communist believes. That's what the current modern-day leftist believes in America. That's what Joe Biden believes. It's what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez believes. Conservatives, on the other hand, believe that life is precious, divine, given by God, and that God is in control at the very nature, at our very core. That's why it's printed on our money. It's why our founders said that America must remain a moral and godly people for all of this to work. I think the left understands that and began to really erode that over the last 50 years, beginning, of course, with the inception of Roe. And the pushback is going to absolutely be glorious because they just don't have the demographic numbers. We are 80% of the country, and the pushback is going to be spectacular. You are going to hear so many demon screams, but the most delicious ones do come from Florida. What happened in Florida is that a Florida court ruled that Ron DeSantis will have his request for a grand jury probe into human trafficking in sanctuary cities approved. The court, having considered the petition by the Honorable Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, for an order to impanel a statewide grand jury and begin fully advising on relevant matters is approved. DeSantis requested the grand jury be set up to examine trafficking networks in his state. Why does the left not care about human trafficking or the 46 people essentially baked alive inside of a truck in San Antonio this week? They don't care about it because they don't care about human life. They don't care. They have no They have no moral ambiguity here. Human life is irrelevant. All life on this planet is irrelevant in relation to them gaining power, which is what it's all about. That is why they can sit there with diametrically opposed views in their mind. As 1984 George Orwell says, the true definition of doublethink is to have two competing views, hold them both inside of your brain and to be able to still function. So the left will tell you for the last two years that 
Vaccine mandates must be forced upon you and that your body is nothing more than a vessel from the state. Yet over the last week, they will scream blood in their eyes and a demon in their throat, my body, my choice. Which is it? You gotta choose. The left will tell you that Ron DeSantis is Ron Death Santis and he wants to kill people. Yet here's Ron DeSantis right on your screen saying that he is attempting to stop the slave trade of human trafficking inside of Florida. That seems like a very human thing to do. seems like a very moral thing to do. seems like he wants to prevent death. Florida is not a sanctuary state, says DeSantis, and our social programs are designed to serve the citizens and the state. The governor will protect the sovereignty of the state of Florida. It is the United States of America. It is not the United School Boards of America. It's not the United political parties of America is the United States of America. The states have the power and the states should have more power than the federal government by design. Ron DeSantis understands this, but the left can't hold these competing ideas in their brain. They cannot, they must have centralized, vertically integrated power systems and structures so that they can lie with impunity like Cassie Hutchison, so they can lie to the American people about January 6th, so that they can imprison Donald Trump, which is their goal in the January 6th committee hearing, and so that they can get their single uniparty state that they control to infringe on your lives and to blow up every civil liberty that you have. That is the end result of all communism, and it's the end result of this, this party. It is why we are proud to fight back. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, to tell the stories and to begin the start of a movement, a populist movement, a nationalist movement, a movement of pride in this place and love for this country, and a return to something far more beautiful than this rotted edifice of pseudo-communism that our global elites have created. Putting us on the pathway to communist China is wrong. Liberating us from that and crushing communist China is right. And along with it, statism, communism, biometric terrorism that they wish to enforce on all of it. We can shuck these chains we can break these chains if we all start thinking outside of the current system and start calling them on their lies. I hope you've enjoyed us doing that today on The Benny Show. We deeply appreciate you listening, viewing, watching, and downloading. God bless all of you. We'll see you tomorrow.